Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We turn to the Word of the Lord this afternoon, John chapter 8. I'll be reading shortly. I want to say how good it is to have everyone in the house of God today, especially our guests. We're so thrilled that you came to worship the Lord with us. Can we give our guests a hand? Of course, after you've been here once or twice, we just consider you one of us. Not a guest anymore, but you're home. I said you're home. We're glad you're here. Amen. Quickly, John chapter 8, verse number 30. John chapter 8 and verse 30. I, I could read a lot more scriptures to kind of set the stage, the story that's going on here, but I'll just use these words in two verses, verse 30, or forgive me, three verses. Verse 30, he spake these words. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Everyone say believe. believe. Verse 31, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed. Would you say the word believed again? Believe. On him, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples. Would you say the word disciples? And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Last Sunday in our Sunday school adult Bible class, I taught on the power of brokenness. Uh, a couple of weeks before that, I preached on the power of the name. Today, I'm going to continue in that vein and preach from this thought with the help of the Lord at His direction, the power of truth, the power of truth. The Lord will bless His Word today. God bless you as you are seated. There are several things that we need to know and understand in life. We start children off early in the educational system, which is great. Uh, the idea itself is great, that is. Some educational systems anymore, even in this country, are not really uh, perhaps conducive to godly values and teaching things like that. In fact, many things are being taught now in our educational system, I understand, that have veered far, far away from God's way of doing things. Uh, but education is a good thing, and it's good to have knowledge. We need knowledge in this life. The Lord said in His Word that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Of course, He's referring to His knowledge, knowledge that has to do with what He wants us to know. And at the fulcrum, at the very centerpiece of all of God's knowledge uh, is truth. God was the inventor of truth. We know truth today uh, just in its uh, most common form. Uh, if you speak something out of your mouth and it's a fact, it's true. That's the truth. But God's truth goes way beyond just something being factual. And when Jesus said to these uh, men that day, that he was trying to convert from just believers into disciples, he said to them this most very profound statement. He said, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. I believe that he was referring to God's truth and not just 
all of God's truth, but specifically, of course, we know that all of truth is God's truth, but he was referring specifically to the truth that sets one free uh, regarding the chains of sin and, and the fact that we are all born into this life as sinners and uh, workers of iniquity. It's in our flesh. We are born with it thanks to Adam and Eve. It's passed down from gener generation to generation. And everyone sitting in this room today received a sin nature from your mother and father at birth or at conception rather. But Jesus said there is something that can set you free from that and it is my truth. And I, I need... Uh, for you to understand something today, and that is that truth is the only thing that can set people free. Emotion is wonderful, and I like emotion, particularly when it comes to worshiping God, but it can't set anybody free. Talking in tongues is great. Uh, I, I, I like it. I do it every day. I think it's of God, and it's a gift from God. But you, you, you can talk in tongues till you can hardly talk in English. And I'm for experiences like that. You need to have them. But you can talk in tongues and still wake up this week in depression. That's because you can't maintain a feeling. But if you live in truth, truth will set you free. I am a pastor, and I, I like as a pastor good plans for church and, and, and good plans for uh, services and reaching out to the community. I like good music. I like to, the church to have good programs, and I believe they're blessed of God, and they help us, but they don't set anybody free. The Christmas programs and the Easter uh, programs and having the children and, and all the various things that we do on our calendar, almost all of them uh, are, are fine and good, but, but really, when it boils right down to it, the only thing that will turn people's lives around, and that's what people need, is the truth. Truth emancipates people's lives. Truth is what sets people free. You ought to thank God. God, today, that somewhere back down the road, somebody God sent into your path to tell you the truth. Because we're living in a generation today that doesn't want the truth. It just wants to feel better. But you've got to be made better on the inside. Singing will make you feel good. Uh, the, 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 the chill bumps up and down your spine, even if they're Holy Ghost chill bumps, they make you feel good. But only the truth will set you free. We are living in a generation the Bible talked about that wants the grace of God, but they don't want the government of God. But you can't have grace without government. I hear people talking, uh, uh, whether they're on the radio or television or the, the internet, or I read their literature. Folks, we've got a, a whole lot of religious people in this uh, country today that don't believe fat meat's greasy. Think about it. They don't believe anything is required by anybody in the sight of God. That is the opposite of truth. That is a lie. Our flesh doesn't like it, but he said you'll know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Nothing else makes you free but the truth. He didn't say you shall believe the truth. Hello. There's a difference. He said you'll know the truth. 
There is a difference between believing the truth and knowing the truth. I believe Joe Biden is the president of this country, but I don't know him. And I'm not picking on him. I'd say that whoever was president. And when he spends tax money on White House dinners and what have you, then I, I and you, too, are helping to pay for the meal. But I'm not invited because I don't know him. When I meet somebody who says only, they only go so far as to say, I, I believe in Jesus, then I think to myself, well, anybody who doesn't is a fool. I've got Bible for that because God came to this earth in the form of a man, and that man's name was Jesus Christ. He was more than just a man, though. He was God manifested in the flesh. And the Bible says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So if you've said, I believe in Jesus, uh, I believe in God, you haven't said much because you're only one step ahead of the fool. That's like saying, I believe in the solar system. Big deal. Now, just bear with me for a minute because I'm going somewhere because I, I feel like maybe God wants to take somebody here today past being just a believer. Being a believer is one of the most dangerous positions that you can ever be in spiritually. And here's why. Because you can believe in stuff and still be bound. Jesus said, you know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But he said that to people who already believed. Then said Jesus, our text said, to those Jews that believed on him. So they were believers. And he said to those believers, I don't want to leave you at believer status. Come, come go with me. I want to take you to discipleship status. And when he asked those people who said they were believers to go be disciples, then they began to fuss and, and, and fight with him. And they said, no, we don't want to be disciples. We just want to be believers. You know why? Because you can be a believer and it won't cost you anything. But you can't be a disciple without it costing you everything. Jesus said to those believers that day, if you continue in my word, uh-oh, then you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. What does that mean? It means you can believe and still be bound. It means you need to follow on to know the truth and be set free. The minute he tried to take them beyond where they were from being just a believer to a disciple, they got mad and said, well, we, we don't want to do that. They said, in fact, we've never been in bondage to anybody. We already are free. I guess they forgot the fact that a few hundred years before that, they were spending 400 years in Egyptian bondage. I guess they forgot the fact that at that very moment that those words came out of their mouth, they were under the rule of the Roman Empire. But you know what? When you get mad talking about spiritual things, you better watch what you say because God's listening. That's why nobody who's got the truth, though, should ever, ever need to be looking down your nose at somebody who doesn't. Because except for the grace of God, you and I might still just be a believer, Brother Hey, good. 
instead of a disciple. If it wasn't for the grace of God in our lives, in fact, you might be sleeping under a bridge tonight. You might be like the homeless man I found camped out on the church's front porch several weeks ago for a few nights. If it wasn't for the grace of God, some of you might be snorting cocaine this afternoon. But God, who is rich in his mercy, snatched us out, pulled us out, set us free. And I can't look down on anybody today. We have no idea where we would be today without the grace of God having come to us. If the grace of God didn't hold us, if the grace of God didn't keep us, you ought to give God thanks today that God didn't let you go. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings this afternoon, but God didn't start dealing with you when you came to church. That's not when it started. God was dealing with you and watching over you when you were sitting in a bar somewhere, when you were sitting in a nightclub somewhere knowing you shouldn't have been sitting there. God isn't taken by surprise by anything, my friend. God ordained his working in your life when you were still chained to sin in this world, lost in your sins. And hell wanted you, but God had an angel sitting there next to you saying, you stay away from him. I've got a job for him to do in my kingdom. You don't touch her because she's going to have an impact for this world, for my kingdom. The scripture says it's God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. What does that mean, Pastor, what does that mean? It means God who gives you the will, the desire to do the right thing. And then he gives you the power to carry out what he gave you the desire for. And if you've got a desire for God today, then God's the one that gave it to you. And if you've got a desire for Salvation, He gave it to you. If you've got a desire to live holy, then God gave that to you. If you've got a desire to walk with God, God is the one who put that in you. When Jesus asked those Jews, that was the turning point. When he tried to take them beyond believerhood to discipleship. Tried to take them from just coming to church on Sunday. And other than maybe having a little bit of a devotional life th throughout part of the week, that's basically their walk with God. When he tried to take them from that to coming to Monday night prayer and coming to church on Wednesday night and paying tithes faithful and doing the things that the Word of God says, he says, if you will do my word... You'll be my disciples. When he tried to take them from believing to discipleship, they got mad and they said, we, we've never been in bondage to anybody. We're already free. We're Abraham's seed. And Jesus said, no, you, you've got this wrong. I'm not talking about flesh. I'm talking about spiritual, spiritually speaking. Because I want you to know something, fellas. Jesus said to them, whoever serves sin is sin's captive. And then he turns around and said, if the Son sets you free, then you're free 
indeed. And they turned around, they got mad, and they said, we've got one father, and that's God. He said, really, if God were your father, you'd love me. If God were our father, we'd do what he says. That's what it boils down to. And Jesus said, the truth shall make you free. Now, there's a lot of groups. There's a lot of people in the world today, even in this country, the great nation of the United States of America, who are religious. But it's not religion that's going to save us. God doesn't require religion. He requires discipleship. And there are people who are trying to get to heaven and who say you can get there, that you can be saved in a lot of different ways. That's not true. That's a lie. What I'm about to say to you in the next five minutes, at some point, I don't know if it'll be in my lifetime or in my preaching tenure or not, but what I'm about to say to you in the next five minutes, at some point in the future in this country, would get me thrown in jail. Because it's coming to that point in this country when a preacher will stand in a pulpit and be taken to jail for saying something like, if you're outside of Christianity, then you're lost. This isn't one of the options. This is the only way. And if you don't believe this, then you're going to be lost. I didn't make that up. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. He's the one that believes. He's the only one that gives us a way to be saved. Hallelujah. He's the only way. You can't be a Hindu and be saved. You can't be a Buddhist and be saved. Not if you stay a Hindu or stay a Buddhist or stay a Mormon. You've got to become a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords by doing what Jesus said, being born again of the water, that's baptism in Jesus' name, and of the Spirit, that's the infilling of the gift of the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, I am the way, singular, let me try it again. Jesus said, I'm the door. Singular possessive pronoun, I. If any man enter in by me, he shall be saved. Amen. Now, when God raised that body of his, the man Christ Jesus, from the dead, here's what he did. He told the whole human race, everybody is dead Everybody is condemned and everybody is lost outside of Jesus Christ. God said, I will receive you unto myself in Jesus, but you're lost outside of Jesus. That's why you here today who have had the foresight and the grace of God to obey the new birth message, the Acts 2.38 salvation plan that Peter preached on the day of Pentecost in the very first church service that was ever held, the very first sermon that was ever preached in the brand new church. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, the forgiveness of your sins. And what's going to happen? You shall. You shall, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
Hallelujah. Every one of you that have obeyed that ought to thank God today that you know the truth. You ought to thank God that you obeyed the apostolic message. You ought to thank God that he brought you into his marvelous light. Oh, hallelujah. This isn't one of the ways. It's the only way. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, above you all, through you all, and in you all. I'm telling you, there's power in the truth today. There's power in the truth today. And if you don't have it, you need it. Hallelujah. You see, it's not just Christianity or something else. Jesus said, I'm the door. It's by me that you must enter in. You go in and out. Listen to me. The guy on the TV or on the Internet that you like to watch who preaches a whole lot better than I do, that's all right. I don't mind that. But if he just makes you feel good and then tells you go join the church of your choice, then he's steering you wrong. Because after you read the Bible, you come to understand it's not our choice. Nobody in the day of Noah said, get on the ark of your choice. There was only one ark that was going to ride out that flood safely. Amen. And there was only one God who built that ark, who designed it. And he told Noah how to build it. There was only one ark that was going to float when the rains came. And there's only one church that's going to go out of here when the trumpet sounds. And it's not just necessarily this church. It doesn't matter what's on the sign out front. It's the one that obeys this book, the scripture, the command of God's word. It's the one that does it the way the apostles did it in the New Testament church. They talked in tongues, so I'm going to talk in tongues. They baptized not in Father, Son, and Holy Ghost titles, but in the name of Jesus, so that's the way I'm going to baptize. And they believed in one God, so I'm going to believe in one God. I'm going to do all that because I need the power of the truth in my life. Hallelujah. I'm trying to show somebody the power of the truth today. Listen, if all it takes is believing in Jesus to be saved, then these folks who go to church after church after church and group after group after group would be the most saved people on earth. That's not the way it is. It takes more than just accepting Jesus as your personal Savior. Jesus has got to accept you. Hallelujah. I'm not trying to offend anybody here today. I'm trying to wake somebody up so that they can experience total deliverance for their soul. It's not about us being church members of this or any other church. It's about God dwelling in our mortal body. The Holy Ghost in you is not an extra option. It's not just an optional gift. The Holy Ghost is the motor that makes the car run. Hallelujah. And if you don't have it, you're trying to run on fumes in a walk with God through a world that that just isn't going to cut it in. Genesis 7 and 1. I want to show you something before I sit down. And we go home. Genesis 7 and 1. Put it up, brother. The Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. 
for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. He said, Noah, I want you to get your family, get your wife, your three sons and their wives. You all come in the ark. You come into this ark. God did not say, go into the ark. He said, come into the ark. Come on in. I'm on board already. Hallelujah. God's not telling you to go into the church that the apostles established by their preaching what he told them to preach. He's telling you, just come on in to it. Come in. Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. You're going to wear a yoke. I said, you're going to wear a yoke. You're going to serve somebody. Wouldn't you rather serve God and be free with his freedom? Come unto me, and I will give you rest. Hallelujah. Take my yoke upon you. The reason that we want to do what God tells us to do is because when we make that decision, when we make the decision that the world and the devil will do their best to tell you, don't do that, you're giving up your freedom. When we make that decision, that's the only way and moment we will truly then be free. Don't keep listening to the enemy as he tells you lies, lie after lie after lie. Decide that you want the power of the truth in your life. Amen. Amen. When you talk about the Holy Ghost, the experience of God's presence, just a small, minuscule, tiny part of that great force that's beyond our imagination of what God is and who He is that created this universe, just a small, tiny little indescribable, indescribably small trickle of His presence. His Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. It's called the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God. They all mean the same thing. When that happens in your life, it is incredible. It is a life-changing. It is an eternity revolutionizing experience. And if you know anything or want to have anything to do with God, then you will not want to go without this experience. It's more than just your ticket to heaven. When you get the Spirit, you get the Father. The Holy Ghost is the promise of the Father. And when you get the Holy Ghost, the Bible says we cry, Abba, Father. You know why? Because it's the Spirit of adoption. You, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you, you just got put into the royal family. Your daddy just moved in the house. That's why you're sons and daughters of God, because you got adopted by the Holy Ghost coming in. Now, I'm going to get real plain for a minute. If you have to put your, your hands over your, your children's ears, do that. No, I'm just kidding. You won't need to do that. There's no such thing in the spirit world when you're talking about spiritual things as an accidental birth. Now, in the human race, you can have kids that are born called oops. 
Now, let me explain to you, in case you don't know what an oops means. Oops means that this couple's been married a while, and uh, all of a sudden, you have a mama and a daddy. And she's 39 or 40 or 42, and oops, all of a sudden, they're expecting a child. Well, I wasn't planning on that. It's just kind of, oops. Or you've got a man who's, oh, 45 or even 50, who comes home from work one day, and she, she looks at him and says, oops. And he says, what? And, and she breaks the news to him, and it's like, oops, we thought our child-rearing days were over. Now, that can happen in the natural. But in, in having children, you can't have an adoption that's an oops. Can't happen. Because when an adoption takes place, it's on purpose. My sister adopted a precious, precious baby boy from the nation of Russia. And Xander's been a precious, precious child and young man in our family. And we love him with all of our heart. I know what I'm talking about by experience today. Do you know what happened when you came into the church? Here's what happened. Your daddy went down to the marketplace of life, of humanity, and he went shopping, and he wanted to bring somebody else into the family, into his kingdom. And he went by your neighbors, and he went by your friends, and he even went by some of your family members. And he said, not you, and not you, and not you, and not you, but you. I want you in my family. And he put his hand on you. And an absolute divine miracle occurred in your life because God now has selected you. Oh, somebody shout with me today. I'm on purpose. I'm in this church on purpose. I'm bought with a price. I'm not a mistake. You're not here by happenstance or coincidence or mistake today. You're here today because God wanted you to be here. And God wanted to touch your life. And God wanted to do something for you. Hallelujah. God has selected you because God wants you to be free. Because if you know the truth, the power of that truth is to make you free. Let me bring this to a close. I've got to quit. You, you need to understand today, there is, there is a generation that we live in today that's been told, well, just go to Calvary and you're saved. Sir, ma'am, that's not true. You do have to go to Calvary, but you can't stop there. You go to Calvary, and there the blood is applied. The blood that Jesus shed on that old rugged cross washes away your sins. And you go to Calvary by repentance. That's what Peter said, do first, repent. The other denominations call it accepting the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior. That's great. The Bible doesn't use that phrase. It uses the word repent. 
which is a little bit harder for some of us to swallow, especially our flesh and our pride. It means, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I want you to be Lord of my life. And then we get into a body of water, whether whether it's a beautiful baptistry like we have in this church or a lake somewhere out in the countryside. I baptize people out in environments like that. And we let a preacher or somebody put us under the water. And we are, quote, the Bible says, you have to do it the Bible way or, or you're just getting wet. The Bible says we are buried with him in baptism. Well, how does that happen? The only way you can be buried with him is for his name to be called out over you when you go under. I'll say it again at the expense of offending somebody. If you've been baptized and the only way is when the preacher said, I baptize you in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, if that's the words he said, I'm sorry, sir, ma'am, you just got wet because you weren't baptized the way the apostles baptized. You will never find anybody being baptized in the New Testament church, in the Bible, any other way than through the, the name of Jesus Christ. Nobody was ever baptized in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Didn't happen. Well, what about when Jesus said, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. You notice he said name, singular. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, that's not names. That's just titles. And his disciples knew what he meant. And then when they went and baptized people, every time they did it, they used the name of Jesus. That's Calvary. But you can't stop at Calvary. You've got to go on to Pentecost. (laughs) Pentecost. That's where the Spirit comes at Pentecost to regenerate your dead spirit dead in sins because it takes that to be saved you see well the argument has always been well what about the thief on the cross well the thief on the cross he wasn't baptized he didn't get the holy ghost was he saved yes was he taken to paradise yes was he born again the way jesus said no why wasn't he born again because the death of the testator, that's the person who's going to die, who leaves a will, hadn't happened yet. So the new birth was not in force because Jesus hadn't died. But once Jesus died, then you can't get saved anymore like the thief got saved. Now you have to get saved like Jesus said. You must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. But that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. That's a wonderful thing to have everything in your life that's bad washed away, cleansed of your sins, a new person to receive the Holy Ghost and the baptism of the very nature of God himself on the inside of you. Nothing could be greater. Nothing. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, and I ask you to do this, so that you can concentrate on what you need to right now. And right now, there are thoughts going through people's minds. Well, you need to go to the bathroom or you need to go get a drink of water. It's an emergency. You can't wait. For most of you, now there may be some real situations like that, but 99% of that is the enemy trying to cheat you out of getting what you came here today to get, at least as far as God is concerned. 
Some of you need the Holy Ghost. You can have that here today. Some of you need to be baptized in Jesus' name because you've never done that. Come on, let's get in the water today. Somebody has a problem in their life that God wants to take care of. Maybe you've had the Spirit before, but you need a good refilling of the Holy Ghost and the peace that passes understanding that comes with it. Things in turmoil in your life, things going wrong in your life, you can have peace through the Holy Ghost. Why don't you come get a refilling of it this afternoon? Is there anybody that doesn't want God in the house? Hallelujah. I'm going to open this altar now for everybody under the sound of my voice to make their way to the front and get whatever it is you need from God. Church, would you come and help those that need to come, perhaps that aren't a part of this assembly, make it easier for them? Or maybe you just want to reach by and take somebody by the hand and say, come on, let's go up there and get what we need from God today. Hallelujah. He's come that you might have life. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you, and have a blessed day.